Welcome to The Frenzy. Hello, my name is Melissa Carter. And I'm Jen Hobby. And here's our promise to you. The Frenzy is here to change the conversation around age. So you can celebrate all your years rather than lie about them. Real stories connecting real women. I'm Melissa, and I once got a bug in my eye as I was flying down a hill on my bicycle, and one of the neighborhood kids had to help me extract it. Oh, I mean, it just flew right. I mean, I could see it. The lid? Yes, it got above the lid. Oh, wow. So you had to have a bunch of people. It was a gnat. I think it was some gnat. And I remember some, it was a guy. It was some guy in my neighborhood. We were riding bikes, and we were, I mean, it, you, it was like eight-year-old surgery going on with my eye, but we got it out. But ooh. you had a buddy. I know because that, because that you, t- I mean, it freaks you out as an adult, but as a kid, that's the first time I had a bug in the eye. I like a full living thing underneath my lid. It freaked me out. Creepy. <laughs> did, the bug didn't live, did it? No, the bug didn't. Okay. Live. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Jen and I was a very late bloomer in my teens. Which applies to this episode. <laughs> what age? What age? I was fourteen. Oh, honey, I was the last. <laughs> you, the la- one you were the, la- the you were the last one. Oh, you were- yeah. Who was the first one? My friend Kelly Thomas. We all know, right? <laughs> Ginger Gimmel. Yeah. Ginger Gimmel's the first one, and. In- <laughs> And so when she says it's appropriate for today, coming up on today's episode, we are flipping the script (laughs) and actually celebrating menopause. We're not lamenting about it. Yes, you are going to get the real scoop and you will hear about the beauty that comes from this time of life from an expert and author, Lorraine Miano. Lorraine will encourage those of us preparing for menopause and those in the thick of it with all kinds of tips and encouragement and things that you can apply to your daily life immediately so that you can be the best version of you yet. It makes me, and now I wonder, like, will we, who was the first one who had menopause in your group? Right. Who was the last? And you want, and instead of wanting to be the, toward the first, don't you, you everybody kind of wants to be the last when it comes to this. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about it. So first though, I want to ask, have you subscribed to the Frenzy podcast yet? Podcast yet? Hard to say, yes. Uh, please do, because we want you to listen and leave a review. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you enjoy this episode of The Frenzy, please share it with a friend of yours. We would love for more women just like you to find out about our show. And Melissa, we are about to dive into the mysterious topic of menopause. <laughs> like witches meet- on a, at a cauldron. Yes. <laughs> I will meet Lorraine here in just a minute. But first, let's thank our sponsors. Just heard your friend, neighbor, or colleague has been diagnosed with cancer? Your first instinct is, what can I do? Kick It Pajamas is the answer. Kick It sells pajamas, gowns, and other accessories specifically designed for those going through cancer treatment. Go to kickitpajamas.com and use the code FRENZY to get 10% off. That's kickitpajamas.com, code FRENZY for 10% off. Give the gift of comfort and style. Kick It Pajamas. Let's kick cancer off the planet. Hey, it's Melissa. My family has a history of vascular disease, so I make a point to get my vascular system checked through Lifeline screening each year. The health of your arteries is important and it's critical to understand your risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease. With a simple preventative screening, I get peace of mind or early detection so that I can take action. 
Since 1993, Lifeline Screening's highly experienced staff has screened over 10 million people in order to bring awareness to potential health problems for follow-up with your physician. To find out more, go to LifelineScreening.com. That's LifelineScreening.com. And be sure to use the code FRIENDS. That's Frenzy without the Y. So that's F-R-I-E-N-D-Z. All right, Melissa Carter, why yes. is menopause so mysterious? There's just not enough discussion about it. Yeah, I. And it's a shame. That's what we're starting, right? We're talking about it as if it's we're talking about our lunch, and that's how it should mm-hmm. be talked about. It should not be some be something that you're ashamed of. Um, I think that my first experience, though, with menopause, huh, was when my mother had menopause, and I laugh because there was. I just remember this one scene where I was about to start my period. Okay, my mother was older than me. And she was going into menopause. She had menopause late. So she was like in her late to mid or I'm mean, sorry, mid to late fifties when she started menopause. Oh, wow. That is late. But she and, had you late. She but she had, had me you late. in her forties. So she right. was an older mom and when she nat- you were starting your period. Correct. I had my son via IVF in my forties. She had me naturally in her forties um, unexpectedly. And so there was a scene where I was cramping. And I was on the couch cramping because I started my period. Sorry, Jen, at 12. And um, you were she, one of the first ones in the class. <laughs> and she was in the kitchen jumping around, celebrating the fact that she didn't have cramps anymore. She, I mean, like she was giving me crab. <laughs> and Billy Pete rarely did that, but she was making me laugh. And so I was laughing as she was dancing in the kitchen because she had menopause. So that's that's one of my first experiences. And then my second experience was when I was looking for a house as an older woman and I had heard the term hot flashes, but I didn't think anything about it. Cause I'm, you know, I'm young. I don't care. Yeah. And I was looking at this one home that the homeowner was going to show me her home and she opened the door and she looked like she just came out of the shower, but she was fully clothed. And she looked at me point blank and said, I just had a hot flash. Forgive me. Would you like to still see the house? And I'm and I laughed. I said, of course, we're, you know, I said, I'm a woman. Yeah. I get it. We're, but I thought I didn't realize that that's would, what a hot flash was. It would drench you. Like that it would that. drench you. Yes. Yes. I can remember my mom and my aunt talking about it when they went through menopause. But it was um, a conversation that I was eavesdropping on. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't something I was included in. Yeah. And my mom, maybe it's of her generation, was just more private about it. You know, she called pads and tampons equipment. You know, really, you know, I need to get some equipment. Your mom's kind of hippie, though. I'm surprised. Yeah, but I still I will still seem a little more like discreet maybe than I need to be about it because of that influence from my mom. But menopause was not something that I understood then when I first heard about it. It's not something I understand now. And I could be going into it soon. I'm saying, yes, you think so you're this, peri- perimenopausal, right? Well, I'm not oh. sure because I don't know anything about this, you know, <laughs> which is so crazy. It's like, how are we women? And we don't know what's coming ahead of us, you know? Right. Our mothers, I think, do a great job of explaining to us when our periods are coming and what that's for and all that stuff. But I don't think we've done a great job explaining to the next generation what menopause is all about. So to me, it's so mysterious. And what is it? And what's it going to feel like? And what's it, is it going to happen? And mm-hmm. I mentioned to a friend of mine the other day that my cycles are getting very irregular where I'm getting caught off guard like a teenager without the right equipment and my purse mm-hmm. or without the right clothing, you know, like wearing white shorts or whatever. Right. 
and going, oh my gosh, this is not supposed to be happening now. So my cycles are very off track. So I was mentioning that to a friend of mine and she said, you might be perimenopausal. And and that's something to talk to your doctor about because I think every woman's different because I've heard women who talk about their periods space apart. They start skipping them and then it comes back. I've heard women who have these massive heavy flows right before they go into it. So I think that there is mm-hmm. much like everything else. You can't Google the symptoms and it apply to you, right? right? That you have to talk to your doctor about it. I mean, maybe I don't, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. How old are you again? 44? I'm 44. Yeah. And this seems young, which seems young to me, but I don't know. know, But I'm not an expert on it either. Yeah. It just feels like there are some things. And then my sleep has been disrupted too. So a lot of times in the middle of the night, I'm waking up not for very long, but I'm awake for Mm -hmm. about, you know, 10 or 20 minutes. And then I love my sleep. So I just Mm. try to block out all the light and all the thoughts and just go right back into dreamland. But my sleep is disrupted often. And that was another thing I thought, wait, does this have to do with this time of life or is it other things, you know, could it be stress levels and that sort of, that sort of thing, you know, cause you can start writing off these symptoms as belonging to other things, which you did, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I've mentioned on the show before that, you know, I've had things like hair loss, things like acne, you know, I never would have associated with menopause, but I am definitely in the flow of my levels going down and and I'm not full menopausal yet, but I'm, I'm I guess, perimenopausal. Um, because that's a new term. I, I didn't know there was a ramp, like a, yeah. an on-ramp and an off-ramp to menopause. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's the thing, like you said, about mothers needing to talk to their daughters about these things as older. Like, there's no reason that your mom shouldn't be giving you advice about menopause and- older because... Your mother's symptoms, I assume, would likely be your symptoms since you, if you are biologically related, I would think that they would be similar. But I have no idea. And unfortunately, my mother's no longer here to tell me what her symptoms were. I mean, I I did not have the opportunity to ask my mother how she knew before the doctor verified it. And it's like, I don't know if it's been a secret because it's about being discreet and, you know, oh, we don't talk about bodily functions or is it because there was some shame around menopause? You know, there was some sort of, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to admit that I'm in menopause because that means I'm getting older. or I don't want to talk about it because I have to admit to myself my age. And truly that, that has is, a lot to do with it, right? That is the yeah. point of the frenzy is that we should be celebrating this time yes. of life. We are more confident. We are more self-assured. If you're menopausal, you don't have to have a period anymore. Like, let's celebrate all of these things that are coming with this time of life rather than keeping it shrouded in secrecy and in mystery so that the next generation can embrace it and just say, this is what it is. Well, it is what it is. Well, I mean, your period, I mean, we we just over the past couple generations got that to be full conversation without shame, right? Because there used to be shame with having your period. And now we need to move it forward and not have shame with menopause. I absolutely agree with you because I do think that has a lot to do with it. I think the fact that your vagina is something that people are uncomfortable hearing or talking about where, you know, you could talk about a penis all day and people find power in penises, but they should find power in vaginas. And what a vagina is going through is something that should be 
be talked openly about. I absolutely agree with you um, that this Half is something that the population on the planet has a period. Half the population on the planet goes through menopause. Yeah. Why is it a secret? Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. Well, so, and, and you talk about your your cycles. So I had a hysterectomy, not a full hysterectomy. I had my uterus taken out because of fibroids right before my son was born. Um, and so I have cycles because I have my ovaries, but I don't bleed because I don't have the uterus to flush everything out. So basically the egg just dissolves in my abdomen on its own. So I don't have that clue. So, you know, I was thinking about if somebody was listening and thought, yeah. well, Melissa, what about your periods? Well, I I haven't had a period in six years. So, um, and you talk about, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't, I haven't missed it once, no, uh, but, but no. I haven't had that clue on whether I was menopausal or not. So, like I said, my sim these odd symptoms I was having, I did not associate with that because I didn't have my period to compare it to. Right. And a lot of women have different types of birth control that will stop you from having a period. So you wouldn't have that as well. Like, mm -hmm. um, I, I had an IUD right after my second child was born and it just didn't work for me. It didn't work well with my body. So I had to have it taken out. But a lot of my friends who have IUDs, they don't have cycles. So mm -hmm. they wouldn't have those same symptoms or and when I was on, when I was on dialysis, I didn't have a yeah. cycle for nine months because when you're underweight and your body's going through, it's like a triage. If you're going through some illness, sometimes your body's like, I don't have the energy to handle the period and lose the blood. So I need to, to move on to something else. And so if you have a physical condition that keeps you from having a period, again, mm -hmm. your bleeding is not the only uh, symptom that you can read in order to know if you're having menopause or not. Right. And that's just why it's so important to share your story with your close friends and mm -hmm. talk about it. Maybe yes. share this episode of the frenzy with a friend of yours to open up that conversation. Like, Hey, Jen and Melissa are talking about menopause. Like, let's talk about it too. in our little group, yes. you know, or let's talk about it at dinner because I'm going through some things that, you know, help us bridge that gap and start those conversations because it's just so important to share your story, especially with your girlfriends. And when we open up about menopause, then it's, no big deal. And you're not alone. You're not right. alone. And you understand you're not alone. So today's spectacular guest has to do with menopause. She's a menopause expert and author, Lorraine Miano. Uh, she is an integrative holistic health coach who is passionate about working with women on menopause. And Lorraine's book, The Magic of Menopause, How to Get Your Happy Back, is a really fun read. She's a great storyteller. It's full of helpful tips for nutrition, for hormones, for lifestyle habits that all come together and help you live your best life. You are going to soak up Lorraine's bright energy and her knowledge like a sponge. So without further ado, ladies, please help us welcome Lorraine Miano to the frenzy. Hello, ladies. I'm so happy to be here finally. We this is so yeah. excited. This is going to be an important interview because menopause is something that is either um, uh, an obstacle in people's lives. I mean, Lorraine, you can talk about how it shouldn't be. And then for other women who have not reached that point yet, it's something that they dread or are completely ignorant to and think that's that's a bad word. So, right. um, you know, I read your we both read your book and one of the things that I loved Yay. in the magic of menopause is the fact that you transform people's perception of menopause. And I was hoping that you could start by talking a little bit about that. Yeah, there are so many myths and misconceptions about it. And women, unfortunately, in Western culture, we're like, um, believe that 
it's the end of our life, right? It's like the end of uh, our sex life, of our life as we know it, that things will be horrible, things are going to be totally awful, hot flashes, um, low libido, all of these ideas where it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. So we really have to flip the switch on how women think about aging. These can absolutely be the best years of our lives. I'm 63 years old, I'm postmenopausal. I am living my best life now. I'm passionate about what I do. And I know that women can really benefit from just flipping that switch because oftentimes our perception will determine our experience with menopause. Mm -hmm. And Lorraine, I was interested in your personal journey that led you to becoming an integrative certified health coach because it started with you internally, right? Yes. Well, first, first to become a health coach, I, we had several health issues in the family. Mm. My husband had cancer. He's now a survivor. My girls struggled with celiac disease and one had osteopenia. The other one had severe anemia. And those things kind of led me on a health journey. And then to become a health coach, I figured I really wanted to help women everywhere. I, I felt like I was a perimenopausal woman when I was dealing with all of that with my daughter, my daughters and my husband. And hormones were fluctuating, things were not good, anxiety was on the rise. And then I during that journey, I lost a very close friend. So she died of pancreatic cancer. And at mm. that time, my hormones were totally out of whack. And that was the first time I ever experienced a panic attack and anxiety. I thought I was having a heart attack. I, I told my husband, you need to take me to the hospital. I'm having a heart attack. But then I realized thoughts were swirling, different things were happening in my head that I couldn't control. And I knew that um, that was probably one of the symptoms of my hormone imbalance at the time, just dealing with grief and not understanding what was happening to myself. So as I was studying to become a health coach, I realized that the women that I was attracting to me were in that phase of their life without even realizing it. So they were coming to me because of weight gain, anxiety, fatigue, insomnia, not realizing that those were the symptoms of perimenopause. And quite frequently, anxiety is the very first symptom of it. And women don't realize that. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. I am perimenopausal. <laughs> I, I entered this into the pandemic. And, you know, I told Lorraine this off air where, and I've told Jen this off air, I didn't know my symptoms had anything to do with my hormones. And it was um, hair loss. And then I got acne on my back mm -hmm. that was like a teenager, but it was on my back. And I've never had acne issues even as a teenager. And then when I had the first hot flash, it was not a, uh, it was not a dramatic hot flash. It was just mm -hmm. like a, like a shot off the bow kind of hot flash. Yeah. And that's when, because that's the only thing we're told, right, is the hot right. flash. So that's mm -hmm. when I was like, oh, wait a second, let me get this checked. Um, right. And so, you know, like from Jen's point of view, Jen is in her mid forties and, and when I was in my mid forties, I had no idea when I was 50, I had no idea what was happening to me. So um, I, I think that this, this, that's why this is an important conversation because, you know, you talk about it, Lorraine, in your book as if it's just another puberty, because that's exactly what's happening. It you is. are going through another puberty. Right. It's just a phase of life. And this is not, you know, p women tend to look at it as a disease. And sometimes doctors even give you the impression that it's a disease. It's not something to be cured. 100% of women who live long enough will experience menopause in one way or another. And I'd love to educate them on the ways to do that, even from an early age. So I encourage women to talk to their daughters about it too, because 
it's often our lifestyle habits that can contribute to the symptoms we're having. So if you have eaten processed food your entire life, chances are you're going to have a pretty crappy uh, menopause. If you've taken the time to do some moderate exercise, eat in a healthy way, and really take care of your body, chances are you won't have as many symptoms. Not to say they won't be there. You just may not experience like there are women who really they're debilitating. Mm -hmm. And I know quite often they go on anti-anxiety drugs. And for those women that really can't handle the fluctuations, hormone therapy. And I'm although I'm a holistic health coach, I'm not against hormone replacement therapy. I just prefer to help women who choose not to go that route, maybe because of cancers in the family or themselves or for side effects. Some women do have side effects from them. So I choose to just guide those women. But even for women who are on HRT, the benefits of a holistic lifestyle will give them so many more, um, a, a better lifestyle, better health throughout the rest of their life. So if you're just doing HRT, that's not just going to fix everything. If you're still eating a lot of sugars, a lot of processed right. food, drinking a lot of alcohol, caffeine, those kind of things. So really taking a holistic approach could help. Well, and I just want to jump in here to explain for those who don't understand what you mean about cancers and everything. So I um, went to my doctor and they gave me such a slight uh, measurement of hormone therapy um, because of my kidney transplant. My immunosuppression mm -hmm. makes me susceptible to cancer. And they have found with hormone replacement that that make, can make you susceptible to cancer. And if yes. you've had cancer, they won't let you take hormone replacement therapy. And for me, it's just she's like, I, I'm going to help you take the edge off. You right. know, but it, back to Lorraine's point, though, like the reason that I think the magic of menopause, her book is so important is because of that holistic, uh, th you know, uh, you know, lifestyle that you talk about. Because mm -hmm. for me, it's like, OK, I already had symptoms, which means that there are lifestyle practices that I need to change. Yes. And so I got the edge taken off with my patches. I got a patch. And then, uh, you know, I can based on your book and, and inspired by your book bought a blender, going to start trying to be a, a lot more holistic in that so that I edge off those symptoms moving forward. Yeah. Women don't realize that just taking baby steps, just like including more plants in your, in your diet and doing things like that can be so beneficial and really just paying attention to just eliminating all those crappy things that could contribute to a hormone imbalance. Mm -hmm. Lorraine, what would be the first thing you would eliminate from someone's diet? If, you know, they're my age, mid forties, approaching menopause or in the midst of it. What's the first thing you can do real specific to eliminate from your diet that will help you feel better? Okay. Processed foods. And when I say okay. processed foods, I mean, things in boxes, pasta, breads, um, cereals, those kind of things. Stay around the perimeter of the, the, the food store and really just eat whole foods. And it, sometimes that could take a while. And what I like to tell women you can do it in baby steps. We call it crowding out, where instead of eliminating something right away, you will um, just add in. So if you add in your greens and things like that, and then little by little, you'll crave the other things less. Mm -hmm. You know, Lorraine, it's funny how when you talk about holistic, I mean, it's really going back to what naturally your body is wanting, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you, uh, as a human being, were built 
to eat more, you know, natural things and not to eat the processed things. And because of our busy lifestyles, we've gotten to the point where we sit in a chair all day and then we grab something quick out of a box, out of the pantry as a snack or to eat. Um, and, you know, I have seen in my life with my friends and my family members who have illnesses that just taking a holistic approach, eating better, getting exercise, that it, it, takes care or helps all illnesses, all things yeah. that are going on with you. And it, I don't know why we wouldn't think that it would also help with menopause. Yeah. And especially for women in their perimenopausal and menopausal years, sometimes even extreme exercise is not good because it raises cortisol levels. And so that messes with your hormones. For perimenopausal and postmenopausal women, moderate exercise is probably the best, but exercise is needed. Like you said, you can't be sitting all day and then not do anything. Even if it's a 20 minute walk or a Pilates class or a yoga class, and there's so many things online that you can do that are free. So just taking a little time for yourself, put yourself on your calendar and really take the time to make movement part of your day. Mm -hmm. Lorraine, one thing I found so interesting in the magic of menopause is that different cultures treat menopause differently. Yeah. And that's hard to remember because, you know, we're in the U.S., we're being raised by American women and we're watching their experience of menopause. And like you said, it's always been positioned as something to dread. Yes. And in other cultures, it's not. When I read that, I was like, what? It's no. not? Please no. tell me more about that. Yeah. So like in India and Japan, the um, older women are held in high regard. They're given specific jobs like maybe caring for grandchildren or different things like that but they're it's led they're led to believe this is a new phase of their life it's a new beginning and they are basically not worshiped but um they basically amen are, let's do it yeah yes. yes. that's so nice doesn't it yes you have we have just i think you're inspiring an idea for jenna we're gonna have to have some some event in which uh, we, we were calling it the white pant party in, in our brainstorming <laughs> yeah. session since you don't have to yes. worry about wearing white pants anymore. But I mean, you're right. I mean, not to interrupt, but just, yes, you should, yeah. you should be awarded for achieving a level um, in your life and you're going through the physical changes. So you yes. need that, that support instead yeah. of judgment. Mm -hmm. And, and specifically like in Japan, they really don't experience anything other than shoulder pain, maybe during menopause. Mm -hmm. And in India, I think it's just, um, their menses are irregular. Mm -hmm. So because, because that's why I believe perception is such a big part of it, because, mm -hmm. you know, if you keep having a negative mindset, obviously negative things happen, right? Or you really yeah. have that perception. So just, just change that. Just realize these can be the very best years of your life. There's so many what things you, you can say, do. What would you say has been the best part for you? Well, I mean, I feel good. That's number one. And I said, you know, I want to live a long, healthy life because I have six grandchildren. And the fact that I can have energy, do things with them. I mean, my husband and I will watch the three three little toddlers for a week and still be okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Amazing. So, I mean, yeah. So just real just really enjoying family, making time for everyone. And by myself being able to be healthy, have energy and really be positive about everything, I feel like that's such an important step. I think that's the key right there when you say be positive about everything because we, you know, we indulge in so many, um, you know, things that were to, to try to make us feel better, but I don't think our habits 
are changing in where we in our own life, in our own world, you know, like me uh, before this interview, sitting in the tire place and not getting frustrated, just being in, enjoying the experience of being at the tire right. place. You know, um, it's it just we have to do that incrementally in our lives to be happy. But also, I think in the culture of the United States, to Jen's point, you know, there is you know, this idea that women are either, you know, it's a virgin whore thing, right? But then, but it all stems around sex. So the idea, I think for a lot of people and for women and their self-perception is I'm not sexy anymore after I have menopause. Right. If I'm not, if I'm not able to have children anymore, then that means that I'm not viable in this world. And so talk a little bit about that. Like, yes, you yeah. still have sex. I mean, not to get into oh your business, gosh. but yeah. you still have sex after <laughs> yes, menopause. I do. Children cover your ears. <laughs> but yes, and I, I am very open about talking about vaginas. I will do it anywhere and everywhere. I don't know if you read my blog post about it, but I sat at a table with 12 people at a in Aruba under the stars and said you know what I just talked about vaginas head snapped and a conversation opened up between all the couples and mm -hmm. they were asking me for recommendations all kinds of stuff at the end of it so I think just having that conversation and opening up about it is so important but I know that women think that sex ends and you know because I'm hormones fluctuate and low libido can be a symptom of it when there's low testosterone so for some women, they may want to get a testosterone cream or something like that from their gynecologist. But I mean, I've never done that because I chose not to because of um, side effects from it. So uh, I just choose to, um, I use lubrication, which is so important for women. And I think low libido sometimes can come because of painful sex. So, you know, mm -hmm. our brain is our largest sex organ. So right. if you're if you're anticipating that it's going to be painful, obviously you're not going to want to have sex. And an important part about that is women will moisturize every other part of their body, but they don't <laughs> moisturize their vagina and vulva. That's that true. needs to be done daily other than lubrication. So a good a good cream or a, a safe cream, I'm all about non-toxins, non-hormone uh, disrupting uh, products, which I write about all the time. So finding something good for yourself and moisturize down there from it never thought age. of that yes really okay yeah. so never like if you shave your legs and you put on lotion you should keep keep going up well not with the same lotion necessarily not the same lotion not the okay. same lotion you want to use something that's specifically for your vagina so there are so awesome. many companies i didn't even know that there was cream oh my your vagina. Yeah. on my this website awesome. i have on my I'm website sorry, I do vagina. Have i've been neglecting you <laughs> sweetheart yeah yeah there's so you know it's what is fantastic is the conversation has opened up in the last few years about menopause so many companies are stepping up to the plate and a lot of them are women-run companies they know what we need they know mm -hmm. what what has to be out there on the market for us so i have found and i curate a lot of them because i want women to pick the good things that don't have the bad stuff in them so i actually on my website have a menopause market where i list the things that I recommend and personally use probably most of them. Oh, that's And fantastic. we're going to link to Lorraine's yeah. website as well. It's the magic of menopause.com, right? Yes. Yes. Magic and we can also link in the email newsletter over to some of these products, which is where I'm going to go Google and bookmark it right now. <laughs> well, spend and some money yes. on these things today, because yeah. how is it that I'm 44 and Melissa's 51 and we've never heard of lotion that we need to be moisturizing our vaginas? With? And I'm a lesbian. How do I know this? <laughs> 
But you know what? Sometimes the women, right? Sometimes we go to our doctors and our doctors aren't even educating us because so many Mm. of them are not educated in menopause, unfortunately. I think that may be changing. So I suggest women, when you do seek out a doctor, look for one who is a menopause specialist who maybe have Mm -hmm. gotten training and they can go to, I think it's um, uh, nams.org. the National Association of Menopause. I can't think exactly what it is, but they will have a list of doctors who have gone through their program who are more qualified to help you with menopause. Because well, a lot of women yeah. are dismissed at the, yeah. at the doctor's office. This is normal. W- Deal with it. I will. Well, I will say I changed doctors um, when I became perimenopausal. So I, I got with a, someone who's who specializes in this for that reason, because I, you know, I, I didn't understand what was happening to my body, like we mentioned. Right. And that's another thing, you know, menopause or not, your body changes as you get older just because of age. Right. So, and, and we're taught as women to think that's a bad thing and to do everything we can to keep it from happening, which is not, you can't do that. You, you are aging. And so I think that, you know, we're taught that, uh, our bodies should be again, sexy and, skinny and beautiful and always like an ornament, you know, where, um, with menopause, like I, that was the, that was the, probably the biggest shock for me was it wasn't necessarily that menopause is a bad word, but it was just, I didn't recognize my body for about six months. I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't understand what it was doing. And so there was a, and it was during the pandemic. So I was dismissing it to stress. And so it's a good thing um, for, you know, for these conversations to happen so that women, aren't angry at their bodies or uh, feeling unattractive because of the changes that are happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many things that we can do to help ourselves. And really, I like to tell women, you want to have a a long and healthy lifespan, not disease span. So taking the steps now to make sure that doesn't happen. And it's never too late. I tell them, you know, women will say, but I'm dealing with this, this and this and the weight gain and whatever. It is never too late to take those baby steps to really just make things happen. If you change nothing, nothing changes. So you really need to take those steps now. And I encourage women, I totally encourage women to please talk to your daughters in their 20s because so many of them are experiencing early menopause because of different hormone um, problems. And I think if they really pay attention from an early age, their later years will be fantastic. I had a friend who in her late 30s got the news that she would be entering menopause soon and she wept because it was it was like she was given devastating news. So it shows you how our perception here in America is just terrible. Well, and so many women who have hysterectomies after childbirth, you know, they have difficult childbirth or uh, they've had twins or whatever it might be after hysterectomies, they go through uh, a menopause early in life too. So talk about that if someone is younger facing menopause, what could they do differently? Well, it depends on if they have a total hysterectomy. Sometimes they will leave your ovaries. So it depends. And if you have your ovaries, you will still have cycles. You won't bleed, but you will still have your hormones. Um, If they have a complete hysterectomy, then they will sometimes go into immediate menopause. And that sometimes can be really devastating because the symptoms can come on them immediately. So in that regard, I would say to take the steps to really um, research and find out different Um, supplements that they could use. If they want to do HRT, that's between them and their doctor. They can decide on that. But there are so many wonderful supplements, lifestyle changes, so that they don't have to really deal with everything that comes from that. And also, I would highly suggest if they need counseling, because at a young age, that can be a devastating thing, right? 
you, you think that your sex life is over, you, you're not having children anymore, all these things happen. So I totally really encourage women to go for counseling in that mm -hmm. regard. Well, there's so many expectations brought upon us. Jen and I talk mm -hmm. about this all the time. And so it's like, um, you know, the expectation of having children, you know, not all women sh should want you know, have children and, and, you know, it's that, it's that um, devastation. If you can't even, I mean, even women who never intended to have children somehow end up being depressed over the fact they don't have the choice anymore. So, you right. know, the, the other things I highly encourage people uh, to read your book, the magic of menopause, which again, we'll have a link um, in our newsletter and on YouTube, because it, it, it just from what Jim asked earlier about the perception in other countries, like I, I think it starts up here with it, everything. Yes. And then you make the choices in your life on how you're going to change your view of it. Yeah, I mean, it is really so important. I think more than anything, probably during the menopausal years is just to have a positive mindset, no matter what you're doing. I mean, you can have a really crappy day, you can have crappy symptoms. If you could just find one good thing there and flip the switch, there's so many benefits to that. Yeah. I encourage women to do meditation and mindfulness, gratitude journaling, all those things that breathing exercises, all of those things that get you centered and really concentrating on your body and mm -hmm. on your mind. And I think being present too, I'm perimenopausal yeah. raising a six-year-old son. And I, yeah. and I find that if I um, am, I can, I can, now that I know what I'm, what's happening, I can determine whether the fussiness that comes from me is warranted or if it's just that my nerves are, you know, my patience is not mm -hmm. as long as it usually is, you know, uh, but it's good to know if you know what's happening to you, then, then it, your, the reaction to it is not necessarily negative. Yeah. And you, you made a good it. point. You're raising a child and many women that are in their perimenopausal years are still raising children and possibly caring for older parents. So there's that stress level on top of it. And quite often women who are perimenopausal have daughters who are going through puberty. So there's a lot of hormone stuff going on in <laughs> yeah. the house. It's and a combo so, right there. Yeah. yeah. But that's a good conversation to have at that time to explain to your daughters exactly what is happening to you, to them, yeah. <laughs> and what will happen later on in life. Right. I, yeah. yeah. Lorraine, I wanted to know about someone my age. So I'm 44, approaching menopause. Is there anything I should be doing in advance of it to lighten some of the symptoms that will eventually come up? Yeah, a lot of the things that we talked about, if you could reduce okay. processed stuff now, and if you're a caffeine addict, I would suggest maybe cutting back and switching to herbal teas. Mm -hmm. Caffeine can mess with hormones and can cause hot flashes. So okay. if you are having different things, and of course, alcohol in the evenings is a big one, because that will, can lead to insomnia for a lot of women. And alcohol does lead to hormone imbalances. Sorry, Jen. L Lorraine, you're taking away my <laughs> coffee and my wine. Well, I know women tell me that all the time. Well, what I like to tell them is if you could do that for most of the week, have your glass of wine on the weekend. Or if you if you are having a glass of wine, maybe earlier in the evening, have one but not too late, because it can mess right. with your circadian rhythm. And then mess sometimes it'll make you go to sleep too fast and you bypass your REM uh, sleep, which is important for restorative health. So you want to just really pay attention to moderation and maybe just on the weekends. Sorry, Jen. And, and there are, if you like coffee, there are organic decafs that are wonderful that taste just the same as coffee. So Okay, that's good. That's a good replacement. Yeah. I think I could replace the caffeine and then, yeah, maybe... <laughs> 
wine o'clock is only five to six. Yeah. Instead of five to seven or eight. Well, and I understand. I mean, if I mean, I, real talk, right? We have like, yes. know, really. It's like, I mean, but, it's a great stress reliever. I know. I but know. it's, but it's, but it's, it goes back to what you said, but you increase the exercise, you take away the processed food, your body won't crave it as much. And especially right. if you're getting sleep, the problem right. is, you know, you bring, I, I didn't even mention the insomnia that I had during that, mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. as well. I was up from two to five a.m. every morning and I would just like, fart around on the phone and read or do something. Cause it was just, I was up, I was up and I was so frustrated. Um, but I also understand that it, you know, it's hard to process sugar anyway, but especially mm-hmm. when you're entering menopause, isn't sugar processing difficult for your body? I would say the two worst things for menopausal women are sugar and stress. Mm-hmm. So reduce both. And yeah. you'll probably have less symptoms and a better menopause. See, that's the hard part for me, Jen, is the fact that, you know, I, I have to get, I had, had, have had to cut down on so much dessert. I was, a, I have a terrible sweet tooth, Lorraine, but I've done a, a good job of reducing it and continuing that struggle. So and do you feel better after reducing your, absolutely. My body sugar? doesn't, it doesn't crave it as right. much anymore because I've increased the exercise and I've decreased the caffeine and I've tried to make adjustments on everything else. And, and yes. the, your body does respond. Sugar is as addictive, if not more than crack, they say. So wow. once you reduce it and eliminate it, you don't crave it as much at mm-hmm. all. So well, you're craving about... it because something else is d- mm-hmm. deficient. So you're yes. craving those mm-hmm. sweets because you're not getting nutrition from other right. places. So, yeah. Can you tell me about how long menopause lasts typically okay. for women? There's not a really good answer to that because um, it's different for every woman. So when perimenopause starts, it can last anywhere from two to 15 years, perimenopause. And you're not <laughs> menopausal, which is really menopause is really just one day. It's the 12-month anniversary of when your menses cease. So oh. once you've reached that plateau, the very next day you're postmenopausal and you will be for the rest of your life. So I have, I've heard from women, women who experience no symptoms and all of a sudden their menses stopped. Other women, they'll be irregular for many years and then have that, you know, wait that 12 years, uh, 12 months. The, the thing is, if you go even six months and get another cycle, you have to start over again. Wow. So it's 12 consecutive months and then you're considered menopausal. I have a friend who, yes, she thought she was, she was on the path. And then I think it was three months later, you know, so hers is is months, you know, so she knows that she's approaching that, but, um, it, 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 she was shocked that yeah, three months later, here it comes again. And in my case, I had a partial hysterectomy, so I don't know. I'll have to refer to the labs because I, you know, because I have my ovaries, but I don't have my uterus. So, um, right. that'll be, you know, that'll be interesting too, I to see like how long it lasts. Be celebrating this time to not have a cycle anymore. It right. seems so freeing to me. I'm like, I, I'm, I have my two girls, I'm done having children, but I still got to have this cycle for however long, how annoying. I wish I could just, <laughs> just fast forward and get there. I, I feel like we should be celebrating it. Why aren't we? There are a lot of women that do. <laughs> Good. And I actually may start a whole party about it because please. I, yes, it is so important for women to really realize there are so many I see a collaboration going on yes. here because I'm yes. I, again yes. the white the white pant party thing. Yes. I really think that that's a yes. that's a cool thing. That is. Yes. <laughs> Everybody is. could bring all their Celebrate. period products and we could put them in a big Burn basket. Them. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. Do- donate them, burn them, whatever, pass them on. Right. You don't have to fill underneath your sinks with them anymore right. or worry about having one in your bag. Oh, we, we should so write annoying. A, we should write a book called Thank You, God. It's me, Margaret. I'm done with my period. Yes. So yes. we should call Judy Bloom and say, can you write a follow-up to the, men- right. the menopause version of Margaret on that one? Yes. Margaret don't you know, up. Judy? Melissa, aren't I've you tired? Her. Yes. Judy and now, Bloom. yeah, now, uh, yeah, I could call her on her cell phone. I'm sure she'd know exactly who I was before she called the police. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lorraine, where can we find out more about what you do? Okay. The magic of menopause.com, which you had said already. And, um, on Instagram at the magic of menopause on Facebook, it's making menopause magical. And I even have a support group on there with fantastic women. And we do challenges every month and have a lot of fun. Ask questions. I do my health coach thing in there. So it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. Now we do something before we let you go. Okay. And Lorraine, every guest comes on, it's called the frenzy five. So it's a rapid fire questions. There's no pressure. It's about your life. So hopefully you know about that. Okay. Hope so. All right. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh, brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where is your cozy, happy place? The beach. What's your favorite framed thing in the house? A family. Big, uh, my grandchildren. Oh, how many grandchildren do you have again? Six. Six. Yeah. What's your most memorable birthday? Oh my gosh. My 60th. My kids threw a wonderful party and they did a thing where they said, what's, what do we love about Lorraine? And they sent it out to all of my friends and family, whatever. And they all sent these little postcards with wonderful things. It was awesome. Oh, that's yeah. stealing that idea. Great idea. That's yeah, great. Stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> what's a daily routine or ritual that you stick to? Uh, walking. Mm-hmm. And what, what fashion trend did you jump on? Any time uh, period. I'm boho, always. <laughs> <laughs> comfortable, right? Yeah. It. Comfortable. Uh-huh. Now, Lorraine, that wasn't painful, was it? No, it was That's not. That's it. I had a Great. wonderful yes. time. Yes, I want to come back. Yes, Lorraine, we would love <laughs> to have you back because I have a I have yes. a feeling that people are gonna be asking some questions. So I think you're gonna be a recurring guest before this is over. Absolutely. <laughs> I've learned so much from you already. Aww, thank you so thanks. much. And oh, this has been a pleasure. We would love for you to be our menopause expert. And anytime questions come up, you're oh, the go. You're it. the go-to. I would That's love right. it. Love it. Fantastic. Awesome. Lorraine, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Lorraine Miano, definitely check out her book, The Magic of Menopause, A Holistic Guide to Get Your Happy Back. And we'll make sure to link up in the show notes on this episode. Thanks, Lorraine. Thank you. Okay. Let's grab a really fun question out of the You Don't Know My Life box. You Don't Know My Life, a game that you can play. We'll have it. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll have the link below. What movie did you see when you were way too young to see it, Jen Hobby? Oh, I think it was called Bachelor Party. (laughs) Tom Hanks. Yes. My next door neighbor had an older brother who had a copy on VHS of bachelor party and we would i would have sleepovers (laughs) at her house and we would sneak into her older brother's room and steal his copy of bachelor party and watch it i don't Mm -hmm. even remember what the movie's about i just remember we won't weren't supposed to watch it it had um who was the woman in the white snake videos that that crawled on the hood of the car she just recently passed away too by the way diana something I think uh, I know I can picture who you're talking about. Yeah, so she was the she was, she was uh, Tom Hanks's uh, fiance in that. 
Oh, um, so she was in that. For me, it was a movie called A Night in Heaven. Okay. I don't think anybody remembers this movie, but you remember the song from it. So I was 13 and we at Shady Brook Mall was the name of our mall and Shady Brook Cinema was the movie theater. And me and some friends went into Shady Brook Mall and went <laughs> into the like theater. An special. Because that's right. Because it was the 80s and we had everything, our Madonna stuff off when we go over there. And so we went into the uh, movie. We wanted to see this because it had Christopher Atkins in it, who was from Blue Lagoon. And I, of course, I, my friends were interested in him. I was more interested in Brooke Shields in that movie. But here it was Chris Atkins. And Leslie Ann Warren was in it. It's an actress that you've probably seen everywhere, but you don't may maybe remember her name. Anyway, she played his college professor and he was a stripper at night and she happened to go see him strip and then they had an affair. Anyway, oh, so but hey. we, we were too young to go into the theater. Our Shaderbrook Mall Cinema took this seriously. And so we had to call our parents. And the manager had to ask each of our parents if we were allowed to go into this theater. I mean, that small town Columbia took yeah. it seriously. And my mother laughed like, okay, yeah, I guess you can go in. And so we went in Hilarious. and um, it was very sexual. But the reason I say about the, the song, so Brian Adams song, Heaven, is actually from that movie. Okay, sing it. I can't sing. Come on. You are, What's I can't do it. I can't at do least hum, <laughs> At least hum the tune. Um, Brian Adams heaven. Hold on. Yeah, because remember Brian Adams, you know, really raspy 80s singer. Oh, um, yeah. He did all the, um, yes, I, d I know who you're talking about. I can't sing. You just have to look up the song. But yeah, so uh, it was a, it was a, one of his hits, but heaven is the name of the strip club. So the, the movie's called A Night in Heaven. So Brian Adams song is about a strip club. Hold on. <laughs> Jen's Can you hear it? it? Yeah. Is that it? Yes. Yes! I know this song! That's from the movie A Night in Heaven that I was way too young to go see. Oh, yeah. This is like long distance dedication stuff. Yeah, but it's about a I... strip club. That's what that's. <laughs> That's how it was about a strip club. Awesome. Anyway, oh yeah. my gosh. That's great. That <laughs> takes you right back to being a kid. That is awesome. I love that you had to get your parents' permission. Yes, they, they called. Again. They called. And they <laughs> and my mother, I just remember my mother laughing, like, I get I I trust my daughter. So yeah, she can go in to see this. There's three of us. And we all went in there and, and I do remember having some kind of, you know, it's puberty time. And I remember having some kind of reaction to their shower scene. Totally. I will tell you that. <laughs> but not the guy. Not the guy. No, it's more about <laughs> Leslie and Warren. That's for sure. Jen has this week's mirror mantra. This is what you're going to say in the mirror this week. I will honor my body in menopause as I honored my cycle when it began. Because it is about honoring yourself, Right. Let's not have that negative self-talk about this time of life. This is a great time of life. This is a time to be celebrated, a time to make the changes that we heard Lorraine share with us and talk about so that we can feel our very best and honor your body and all that it's done in your life, right? This yeah. vessel is what's carried you through. For some of you, it's carried children for some of you, it's gotten you through all kinds of different health crises. It's helped your family. This body has been awesome to you. So let's honor our bodies in menopause as we honored them when we started our cycles. 
even if you were a late bloomer like me, not starting your cycle <laughs> till you were 14, you were excited well, you, when it happened because you, you felt think like you were in a club, right? Yeah. You felt like, I, well, I did because I was so late bloomer, but I was like, I finally made yeah. it into this club. And that's how we should also feel about menopause. You've, if you've reached the club or you're entering the club, let's celebrate it and honor your body. I was just jumping in because I find it ironic that you'd be the late bloomer for your period and you're the early bloomer potentially for, <laughs> for menopause. You know, huh. well, everybody's different. <laughs> That's right. But, but right. It's, you're exactly right. Like even when you went through cramps, because I know my cramps were worse in the beginning and then they, and then, you know, what, it, maybe I took care of it or, or my body took care of it, but I didn't have bad cramps as an adult. And so I just remember you, you went through your cramps like it was a badge of honor, like you, you're getting used to it. It's something that's a part of something that, like you said, you're part of the club now. You're a woman now because you have your period. Well, the same with hot flashes, the same with weight gain. I think the weight gain for a lot of women is the, is the thing that they are having the hardest time with. But again, it's like you said, you got to honor your body, whatever your body needs to do in order to get through this mm -hmm. and whatever you need to do to balance that out. But um, you're exactly right. Your body has now done i mean think about this it's done its job on 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 part of your life so the uniqueness about being female is the fact that we have the ability to bear children potentially some don't some choose not to but the whole the theory of being a woman is what makes you a woman is the fact that you can bear and give birth to children right and that part of your life is now done so there should also be a thank you to your body, especially if you were able to become a mother because of your body. Even if you weren't, it's just this, okay, thank you for the, for that time of my life that is now done, right? It's like you've crossed a finish line. And I guarantee you, I, I, you know, we've talked about this on the show before, but if, <laughs> if Gloria Steinem's article, if you've not read it about if men had menopause, I mean, not menopause, I'm sorry, if men had periods, mm -hmm. she wrote a fat, a wonderful, funny article if men had uh, periods because they would brag about how much blood they had you know had come out they would have made a competition there'd and be I, a national holiday and all of be a national holiday. day off work yes <laughs> so i mean as much as we make fun of men for being so self-indulgent there is a gift in that that we could learn from and if men had menopause and they were done with some a part of their life that was potentially uncomfortable or potentially painful, because if not being able to have children or not, you know, and having a painful cramps or whatever it is, is now over and that part of your life is done and you don't feel the pressure of that anymore. I mean, if men had that, that it, you're exactly right. There'd be a competition. There would be some kind of celebration. There would be an over, over, you know, just egoist kind of high, mentality about there'd be it. High fives, there'd be parties, there'd Absolutely. be shots. Yes, exactly. And, <laughs> and yeah, on company time. Uh, but, <laughs> but so you should take a page out of their book and, and celebrate yourself. So I absolutely agree. I will honor my body in menopause. Absolutely. Is there a friend of yours that needs to hear this episode or would just enjoy the conversation with you? You can share this with her. Plus, we'd love for you to check out our brand new YouTube channel with videos and extended interviews. So if you've enjoyed the interviews on the podcast, and you want to go check out the longer version. They're right there on YouTube.com. Just search The Frenzy. And you get to see what our guests look like and you get to see what we look like. Uh, please sign up for our weekly email. Uh, we will send the episode right to your inbox, make it very easy for you. We'll include links to things we discuss, give you some deeper insights to these topics. All you got to do is go to thefrenzy.com and sign up today.
And we want to shout out our listeners who have already subscribed to our email list. Most recently, we want to say thank you to Erica Jackson, Ingrid Donahoe, and Natalie Stagall. Thank you so much, ladies. The Frenzy is hosted and produced by me, Melissa Carter, and her, Jen Hobby. Sound editing produced by Bo Johnson. Original soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurt for placement music, written and recorded by Mark Daniels. These are real stories connecting real women. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. We love you. And your menopause. And until next week, (laughs) trust your gut, share your story, and and stop lying about about your age. (laughs) That might have been our best one yet. Is it? Good. I've lost track. What is it? We'll see you next time.